Alrighty. Hello, hello. Welcome to Long Way to the Gifted. I am your host, Tamia. And I am joined by my guest here, Michael. The topic of discussion today we are discussing is parenting. That's been something that has been on my mind for a long time in terms of is there a right way or a wrong way to do this? It always says that parenting doesn't come with a handbook, but maybe it really does. Who knows? <laughs> so, Michael, won't you go ahead uh-huh. and introduce yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 sorry, I didn't hear the last part. That's okay. Yeah, uh, my name is Michael. I'm the founder of Heal from the Ground Up. It is, it's a private practice as well. And what I do is I help people heal anxiety, anger, and depression from the ground up through, uh, inter- through emotional trauma healing. And emotional trauma healing is intergenerational trauma and childhood trauma and this is what's taking place in all our homes and but we don't we don't it's very subconscious it's a taboo topic um and and when you when you say about when you ask me about when you talk about parenting you know i have a lot of parents will you know bring a child to me Mm -hmm. and they say oh you know my child has this issues fix my child and then one time they even gave like a book report, like of all the mm-hmm. mistakes they made. And the main issue is, is that the child very often is in their parents' movie mm-hmm. as their own. So how you parent the, the child first begins from within. Mm-hmm. You have to first be, be a parent to your inner child before you can be a parent to, to your own child. Because whatever is unresolved within you, and if you don't acknowledge it, then your child will subconsciously feel it all. Mm. It's not about what you expose to them. It doesn't matter. You don't even you have to say anything about it. They can feel it all in you. And they're too young to process it consciously. Mm. So that's why they can feel it, and but they feel it as, as their own. Got it. And so you say like heal from the ground up. Is that the basis of the ground up? Those kind of childhood traumas and those things that we kind of deal with that we don't realize that we're even projecting onto our children? Yes, uh, childhood, but also intergenerational, ancestral. So for example, I'll give a a story, kind of personal story to kind of help understand this phenomenon. So, you know, my child is only one year, five months old. Mm. When he was born, it triggered this horrible like uh, experience of insomnia. I would sleep for three or four hours a night and wake up to either change a diaper or go to the restroom. And immediately I feared I wouldn't be able to go back to sleep. Mm. And the ultimate fear was death. Mm. Now, my, my son was born in the Czech Republic because my wife has free access to healthcare there. So we're there for two months. So this was going on for two months. It was like a worst nightmare. And so at two months, I came back home in the U.S. and my parents picked us up at the airport and we all had dinner together that same night. Mm. And we're sharing stories. Me and my wife were sharing stories on how we raised our newborn uh, and how my parents were sharing stories on how they raised me as a newborn. And I found out for the first time ever that my mother never took care of me throughout the night because she was scared. If I were to wake her up, she wouldn't be go back to sleep and she would die. She has an obsessive 
fear of death. It was my father who took care of me. Like he slept on the floor of the nursery room and bottle feed me. And so what the amazing thing was that I felt and internalized her pain and trauma as a newborn and repeated the same exact pain and trauma 39 years later when I had my own newborn. That's how powerful that gift of sensitivity can be. Mm. And now, I, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy because I, I wonder um, when I was listening to some of your episodes too, I, I, you know, heard you mention that. And what came to my mind was that, hmm, like, and even now sharing your story, you're saying, this is something you didn't even realize you were doing. You didn't even know where it came from. Me being a person um, who sometimes can be <laughs> like overanalyze things and um, has had my own bout with, you know, anxiety and things of that nature. One thing that came to my mind was like, well, could it truly, is there truly a connection of the intergenerational? Cause you didn't even know it. Right. And it just happened. Is it just possible that those, especially when it comes to parents and parenting, like I said, it just doesn't come with a handbook. It creates its own set of anxiety. It could it be that, you know, you have SIDS that happens the first year of kids' lives. And, and so all of that information, could that have caused you to just be anxious? Or is that truly the connection that there's this thing unspoken uh, that's just sort of passed down to us unknowingly? Yes, yes. So, I mean, there's two sides of the coin. I want to neglect the other side of the coin. One side is the intergenerational ancestral stuff that keeps on getting inherited. The other side of the coin is the childhood trauma, what your parents did or did not do. You know, my mother used me as an emotional blanket through her panic attacks as a child. When I was 10 years old, she'd wake me up in the middle of the night to console her through her hyperventilations, her uh, crying and screaming in terror. And my father standing, stood in the corner of the room, helpless because he didn't know how to connect with his emotions. So mm -hmm. I wasn't, I had to be my mother's parent and I had to be my mother's husband and I was not worth protect, being protected. That's the subconscious seed. So mm -hmm. this is a very common phenomenon of children feeling responsible for their parents. But that's, that's something I want to, I just want to plant the seed, but um, that's like for my next book. Um, but the first thing is just, this intergenerational, this ancestral vibration that we struggle with, that we, I'll give you an example in, in the book. Her name is Tia. Mm -hmm. These are podcasters. They volunteered themselves. So they were able to be vulnerable. So she had a steady job and she wants to be an entrepreneur, but she's scared of failing because her steady job has a routine. As an entrepreneur, you have to create your way every day. And she scared of failure but also scared because she's not in control mm. okay mm. and so her her daughter has she has a different outfit for her daughter for three that she can wear three weeks in a row mm. but her daughter will wear one outfit monday and wear the same exact outfit wednesday and tia will lose it yes because she's not in control right she's, <laughs> uh -oh. she's are you feels, sure you're not talking about me okay i'm sorry <laughs> So she feels powerless and now she's, I mean, she's a single mother, but she has a boyfriend and her boyfriend, if she's speaking to him and he's not listening intently, maybe he's distracted by something. Mm. She will also lose it again. She doesn't feel like she's in control. So where's this, this powerless feeling coming from? What intergenerational trauma came, is this coming from? 
So when Tia was one years old, her mother's sister, her aunt, was murdered by her husband, who was a serial killer, strangled her to death. So it is the trauma of her sister, of the entire family, that their loved one was murdered by her own husband. Mm. So if you don't have control in Tia's subconscious mind, people die, your loved ones Mm. die. So you better have control. And so that's what I'm talking about, this intergenerational vibration and trauma that, that doesn't necessarily belong to you and didn't start with you. And when you can acknowledge that, you can take a breath of fresh air and begin to be free of it because you try to fix what doesn't belong to you. That becomes your emotional kryptonite that will break you down physically, emotionally, and mentally. Does that sort of, and and, and I don't want to seem like, I'm, you know, because I, I really believe there is a, a piece there. There is something there that actually is true to that extent, but I have a, you know, just a couple of things that kind of come to mind when I hear you say that, because um, I know last semester, or the semester before last, it was my last semester, um, completing my associate's degree, and I took a child development class. In all honesty, the reason I took this child development class was because I got a discounted rate on child care for my child. That, that was the only reason. Um, but what I actually discovered in taking this class was the conscious discipline model. And I, and I don't know if you're familiar with it, um, with Becky Bailey, and basically just a, it's a developing the whole child um, in social emotional learning, getting them to in, be in touch with their emotions, why they feel the way that we, they do, and us as parents not sort of reacting from our own hurt places. So it's kind of the same idea. Um, and it really changed a lot about the way that I think in terms of parenting and why we do do some of the things because one of my things was that um but I feel like I knew it you know there was there was a piece that I knew that said I saw that I remember seeing that and that and so I know some part of that I picked that up in terms of um yeah that control piece and that I'm the parent you're the child we have to understand this level of authority and hierarchy and you should be there and I'm should be here and and so that really spoke to me too when you say that control piece because I, I really had to do some work myself on that control piece because I couldn't figure it out either. Like I, I had some kind of control issues too that I still daily have to kind of navigate through. But what brings me to that is I was aware of it. And then there's something too that prior to my awareness may have transpired that unfortunately my biological mom is no longer here. My grandmother is no longer here. So I don't have really people to sort of resonate with and sort of pinpoint that there is this connection. If you don't have that sort of piece that connects you, that makes you aware of why you do the things that you do, one, what do you do with that? And two, does does you connecting to it sort of take some of the accountability away from yourself? And you know, you get what I'm saying? Okay. I mean, those are two questions, <laughs> very separate. So I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm mean, going to address the second one. The account of, there definitely is accountability, but it's healing the, the facing the pain, facing your feelings, 
facing the trauma. That's your accountability because this is your opportunity to break the cycle, mm. to break the intergenerational ancestral vibration and cycle, to break the cycle of your childhood. Whatever happened to you, you're not a, like the mantra I say is, you're not, I'm not a powerless child anymore. Mm. I'm the effing ish. I don't know if you allow profanity. Um, I try to refrain from it, but you know, like, okay, I'm, okay. So, you, so it, people it, understand I'm the effing ish. So yeah. because of the title of my first book, you're the effing ish, heal your anxiety, anger, depression from the ground up. So I like, uh, but um, yeah, it, that's, that's the, it's, it's not, it, that's the account. Definitely you're accountable because you're going to heal your, the past generations. You're going to heal yourself. You're going to heal your, it's going to be the greatest gift for your children and the descendants afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, um, is that always by way of professional help? Like, do you think that only happens by way of professional help? I mean, it goes hand in hand, you know, like you seek professional help, but then you have to be able to be willing to do the work. You know, we don't, we're always thinking, thinking and overthinking. We don't like to feel, mm. you know, but I tell people feeling is healing. It connects you to love. Mm. But also we have a misconception about feeling and thinking. Yeah. Well, this is our thinking mind, our racing mind. Because at first, first I want to say the mantra to help people center themselves. And the mantra goes, problems bring up feelings in us that existed before the problem ever happened. Mm. That is about the race, the thinking mind. So the thinking or the racing mind tells you it is a certain problem causing you a certain negative emotion, negative feeling. But the reality is the, 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 the feeling, the negative feeling preceded the problem. So even if you fix the problem, the core issue, the core negative feeling still exists. Now the feeling will say something negative about you, but it's not true about who you really are. You got to cut the head off the snake. You got to pull the weed out so it doesn't subconsciously control how you feel mm -hmm. and think. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I've always, not always, well, more recently, I think the older you get, you know, like you said, you kind of have to sort of cut the head off the snake and address it because it, it's, it really, especially as parents, especially as parents, I think, um, I totally believe in not passing things on to them that, like you said, is not theirs to own. Um, and so I think oftentimes though, there's, that's why I said, is it, is that the sort of end all be all in terms of just professionally getting that addressed because a lot of people there's a stigma particularly um in the african-american community not so much as, anymore but there there's still this stigma that you know counseling or therapy is not something that you see yeah, we all need it right i need it right you know i need it all the time you know like when i go on podcast interviews i just give an example or when i was writing my book Mm -hmm. The word failure, 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 the ego, the thing is mm. like telling me that all, all the time. Or if I go on an interview, oh, you're going to fail. You're going to mess up. You're going to be worthless. You know, like, yeah. so I had to get that in check. I have to see what it's like constant. That's just, that's what life is. But there's a mantra that I use in the book and it, and it, and it goes, pain is your greatest teacher. Mm. The lessons you learn, the lessons you learn from pain will transform you your family and the world. Yeah, it, that is so true. That is so true. Something about, I, I, you know, sort of have a similar thing. Yeah, pain brings about purpose. Like you find out truly who you are, what you were called to do 
through pain. And it, it sort of sucks, right? That pain has to be synonymous with this growth, but it's true. It's really true. And I think if we really sort of take that piece and that mindset and really address it towards our parenting, we really can develop the whole child. I think I'm really dead set now more than ever on healing the child wholly and completely because I, you know, we, I always say we watch enough Ayala <laughs> fix my life to know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I grew many, up watching that. Yeah. There's so many broken people out here and we don't get it addressed and it's sort of Bro- broken, broken homes. Yeah. Broken. Mm. Is it because this isn't the, but isn't the amount pointing fingers and nobody's a bad parent, but the pain that's taking place intergenerationally that carries the weight within the family, the things that's happening in the childhood. And then I bet I don't, don't take this. I don't want people to take this the wrong way, but then like I'll hear clients are like, they get really frustrated or annoyed or angry about what's happening in the world, in the society or whatever politics. And there's crazy drama, mm-hmm. crazy pain and trauma happening in the home. I was like, you got to address that. There's nothing compared. The injustice is happening in your home. Mm. Do something about that. Right. Yeah. And it's it's totally taboo. It's totally unspoken about. That's that, and I feel like it speaks to the core pain of humanity. Right. And we it is something that that is it's so important to to finally look at. Right. And I think we're it, it's it's definitely this unspoken thing, but now it's becoming yeah, kind of like this thing that's there but not address. It really is just kind of one of those things where it's just like, okay, I know I could be better. I know I could be doing better. And and I always tell my kids this all the time. You can say a lot of things about me. In fact, you're probably going to say a whole lot of things about me because that was your experience with me at the time. And I'm doing absolutely the best I can. But one thing I think that you won't be able to say is that I I stopped trying. I, I wake up every day to try to be me, make me better that then takes you to being better so that you can be whole people because there's so much brokenness and there's this thing. And I, and one of my biggest words in our house, um, me and my husband, like almost like <laughs> pounded in our head. And now you're making me wonder like, okay, what's that about? But it, it, accountability, accountability is a big word in our house. Cause it's like, you have to be accountable for what you feel. Like you said, the, that I think that's a powerful piece to what you feel is so important because without addressing those feelings, it just kind of goes like this. It just gets all mosh pit up and it's just a mess. And then when you go out into the world as adults, you're not able to process your emotions. You don't know what it is that you're feeling. And I know that I won't be perfect, but at least I try every day to just be perfect, try to be perfect, to try to be better and try to be the best parent I can be because it, it's so hard. It's hard all by itself just to, because we are different people, right? We all have different emotions, different personalities, different thought processes. Oh, teenagers, they were built totally different. I don't know why God designed teenagers the way that he did, but teenagers are their own set of species, right? And trying to work with that, right? And not fall into old habits and trying to take that into account. It's, parenting is, is something else, but when we get it at the root, it's so much, I don't want to say easier, but... Parenting and marriage are the most difficult things in life. Yes. 
<laughs> because it's meant to bring up all the, the the skeletons so you can be free of it. Yeah, absolutely. That were there before your child was even our, our child was even born. Right. Yeah. How many before how that we even met our partner? Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I gotta calculate. <laughs> three three years. I mean, but I proposed to my wife three months after meeting her, mm. and we were engaged for a long time four or five years because her parents were against us being together and that was really hard for my wife to like mm. to accept but finally she's like you know what it doesn't matter anymore yeah. my my story right like you said <laughs> ah, well yeah so yeah you know that you that's definitely a factual statement marriage and, and children are the biggest and and I'm, I'm a spiritual person so i'll add that marriage and children and committing your life to God is probably the three hardest decisions or most important decisions you'll make in life because it's like it's it's truly making that commitment and marriage is hard parenting is hard and it it but well, we don't, don't we don't like, we don't share that yeah. you know cuz you look on social media it's like oh look at my child's so cute and we're so happy together right. they don't talk about the drama right nobody does uh, but yeah. that's that's the elephant in the room. Yeah. That's the elephant in the world. Right. Uh, that's the elephant of humanity we don't address. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, it, it, but is it meant to be hard so we can break the cycle? Yeah, I agree there. It absolutely, without being confronted with challenges anyway, I mean, in life, just in general, from all decisions, in all situations, without those challenges, we don't get that grit. We don't get that. Uh, discernment we don't get that you know we don't get that sort of that thing I don't know what the word is I'm trying to look for but that thing that we need to persevere to get through the harder times because yeah like you said I've been with my husband 16 years almost 17 years this year and yeah it, it takes the work and we have children and like I said teenagers that the, that group of teenagers the level that it takes to commit to that and it's it's yeah it's definitely tough decisions like you said I don't want to I don't want to make it seem like it's all bad there is great great benefits to being a parent and married and I always say when you do the hard work now you kind of have fun it's the fun part now when you get the hard work out the way so don't get me wrong I absolutely love being married absolutely love being a parent but it's just it's those things that we don't talk about. We wanted to look good, especially social media. Social media is probably the worst thing that happened to us. But I digress. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I, totally I, agree. I'll digress. <laughs> 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 that that could be a whole other subject all on its own. So listen, Michael, I truly appreciate you taking your time and sharing your knowledge. I will give you some time to say something that you want to leave people with. You want to tell us how to reach you. Yeah, shameless plug moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Um, to connect with me, you can go visit my website at heal, H E A L, from the groundup.com. It's about going to the root of it all. Mm -hmm. And I highly recommend if you want a step by step process to get to the core from, from A to Z, from what you're feeling to see how you can be in your, your parents' movie, grandparents' movie, great. Also, what's, your, what's happening in your childhood? all that stuff and how to begin to create your own movie. I highly recommend you, you can get the first book. That's a beginner as you are the effing ish. It's on Amazon, but the second book 
whose movie are you in transform your intergenerational trauma into your source of light it has amazing dialogues because a lot of podcasts as i was coaching them who were willing to be vulnerable and be public and so you can see dialogues i had with them and amazing examples like tia and just countless examples so you can see it's like an amazing and then i'm personally uh, sharing my personal story so highly recommend um getting that and i believe the reason why i do what i do is because i believe this speaks to the core pain of humanity that is that has been going on for so long and i want to share that so the world can begin to shift begin to change and begin to heal from the ground up beginning with ourselves beginning in our relationships beginning in our homes if the well-being of our home changes of our families of our childs of our inner core then the world will naturally it's like gravity it's going to change because if we don't then we treat the world as a pro- way to project and just to get angry yeah. about and not deal with this stuff and it may not feel good but it's a blessing you know like all that hard stuff that goes around in our families and the relationships children having raising children it's a blessing i thought it was going to inhibit you know having children inhibit my career because of my my wife after getting married she's like let's have children now <laughs> and i was like no let's travel for like 5 to 6 months and she start bargaining with me it's like you know like no 2 months and i was like no i want to travel i want to like establish my career but she like we she got pregnant like 5 weeks after getting married and i thought i was going to inhibit cuz i wasn't that happy right. you know like cuz she's like oh i'm pregnant you know she she brought out three pregnancy uh, strips we're in Th- thailand at the time so like they're like oh here michael here's one and then she goes in the bathroom comes back again here's another pregnancy then it comes back again and she i wasn't i wouldn't have that much reaction cuz i i had this fixation of fear like oh i'm not going to establish myself but it propelled me Mm-hmm. get i wouldn't be able to share that story that i share with you if i didn't have my that all this stuff propelled me i wouldn't be able to understand humanity understand myself right. without that so it's it it's nothing i regret right and you're able to like you said it propelled you and able to speak with such passion and such purpose like what you're saying is like you said things that need to be said need to be addressed need to be recognized as a part of the problem in all areas of our lives that we have to get down to the root and so i yeah i'm definitely <laughs> thankful that you had to you went through your own hero's journey to get here to be able to share you know the things that you've learned and experienced to help somebody else so i definitely appreciate you appreciate your time and look forward to speaking to you again <laughs> Thank you to me. This is no. a great pleasure. No um, problem, no problem. Mm-hmm.